Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Thank you, Lord. Just before you're seated, just want to pray of every one of us that have gathered here this morning. God has something specific for us. Some of you already, the Lord has met a need or has confirmed something or has brought a real sense of assurance and confidence and hope. There are others that through the remainder of this service, the Holy Spirit has something specific to drop into your heart. I just want to pray. We want to pray together for God's uh, uh, liberty to just be able to flow. Holy Spirit's moving. And we're just going to pray that every one of us receives what God has for us. I believe that's good, don't you? Let's just pray. I want to pray over us. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love, your power. Help us this morning, Holy Spirit, to be sensitive resensitize us now and help us to be able to hear what you have for us specifically. We believe, Lord, that you do speak to your sheep and your sheep hear your voice. This morning, Lord, we're looking to hear from you. We thank you for it with confidence in Jesus' name. And everybody shout it. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated if you're not already. Just before I get out, I want to talk to you about, just tell you a story about a a pastor. And this guy, he was preaching this sermon on the danger of drunkenness, and he was just wrapping it up, and he'd fired himself up during it. And as he's closing, he says, if I had all the beer in the world, I'd pour it into the river. And then with even more enthusiasm, he said, if I had all the wine in the world, I'd pour it into the river. And finally, he's shaking his fist and he says, if I had all the whiskey in the world, I'd pour it in the river. And then he finished and sat down. The song leader stood up and announced saying, for our closing song, let's sing hymn number 365, Shall We Gather at the River? In just uh, a little bit, we're going to receive communion. And I want to share a few things before we do. Uh, I was, in my childhood, was raised in a very traditional church. Communion was served a lot, and I never received communion until I had gone through catechism classes, and then I was able to receive communion. That was about 12 or 13 when I did that, and then I stopped going to church when I was... 14 or 15, and my life went down the tubes, but uh, until I got saved. And, and when I was taking communion, receiving communion in that church, it had very little impact on me, if, if any, because I wasn't born again. But I have been born again since then, and now communion is something that means something, and it should. And so that's my point this morning is, it is, communion is not meant to be a ritual. 
It's meant to be meaningful because what Jesus did for us on the cross was meaningful. He died so that we could be forgiven and live. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 through 25, Paul is writing about the last supper that Jesus held with his disciples, and he specifies that it's a time of remembrance, and he even quotes Jesus in this portion of Scripture. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. What we're about to engage in and, and, and be involved in together in this communion service, uh, it, we're not just remembering a historical event that happened 2,000 years ago, but we are remembering that what Jesus did then changed everything for us now. And because of what he did, you and I have hope. That's what the Bible is talking about in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. When this verse talks about begotten us again, he's talking about being born again. We have been born again. We enter into the kingdom by being born again, right? And when we are born again, we are born into something powerful. We are born again into a living hope. And so I pray this morning that every one of us will experience renewed hope. When Jesus rose from the dead, hope lived. Now this is interesting because when he died, hope died. Those who were there when Jesus died on the cross felt that their hopes died along with him. Now, you and I have the advantage over them. We know the rest of the story. We know that Jesus not only died, but on the third day that he rose again from the dead. We know that, and we believe that today. But for them, they felt like hope was dead when Jesus died. Now, they shouldn't have been surprised. Jesus had told them again and again. You can read through the Gospels, and he told them time and again, listen, I am going to be mistreated. I am going to be killed. I am going to be hung on a cross. But three days later, I'm going to rise again from the dead. Isn't that right? Yeah. 
He told them time and again, but when it happened, and they're kind of like us, uh, we can know promises, uh, we can hear the Word of God, receive the Word of God, and, and you know, it's kind of like healing. We, we trust God for being our healing, uh, our healer, and trust in His healing virtue, but when we go through something, a physical need, uh, it can be a struggle at that time to continue to believe when we have something in our body that is affecting us. And so this is what happened. They had a promise. I'm going to rise again on the third day, but when he died, their hope died. Even though they'd been warned, when he died, hope died. No one expected Jesus to rise again. And we see this in several things. They, 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 after he died, he was wrapped in burial clothes, right? And he was put into a tomb. And, you know, if they had believed that he was going to rise on the third day, you'd think they'd just kind of put him into the tomb, maybe throw a sheet over him, and leave the door open so he could get out when he rose from the dead, right? right. I mean, that's just the way my mind kind of works. But they rolled a big rock in front of the tomb and sealed it with that stone, and it took an angel bring an earthquake to roll the stone back when Jesus did rise from the dead. It's in Matthew 28 and verse 2. And then once the angel rolled the stone back, he sat up on top of the rock. I, I could just see him there. How about that? But it was on the third day after he had died, when he said that he was going to rise, the women came bringing frankincense to put on his body because they did not expect him to be risen from the dead. They brought the frankincense to anoint his body for burial, but the angel had to tell them, he's not here, he's risen from the dead. Amen. After Jesus had risen, there were two guys that had been followers that were walking on the road to their home in Emmaus, uh, and a stranger comes walking up to them, and they are, are completely bummed out. They're talking about what's gone on in Jerusalem, and they're, they're uh, gushing their disappointment to each other. I can't believe he died. I, it's terrible. What are we going to do? And then the stranger comes up, we know that it was Jesus, but the Bible says their eyes were held so they couldn't uh, picture him or couldn't uh, recognize him. And he comes up uh, and says, what are you guys talking about? You really look sad. And they go, well, of course. Are you a stranger in these places? Haven't you heard about what happened in Jerusalem uh, concerning Jesus? Uh, and he says, what things? And they said, well, Jesus was a prophet, mighty in word and in deed. And we had hoped that he was um, the Messiah. But now it's the third day uh, that he's been dead. Dead. And you know, there were even some women that we hung around with uh, that had gone to the tomb and an angel said he'd risen from the dead. But, ah, can you picture this? Jesus had said, I'm going to rise on the third day. Women that they uh, should have trusted said angels had told them that he's risen from the dead and they were so discouraged 
their hopes had died so that not only with the witness of someone who said that he's risen from the dead, they still were heading home. Jesus shows up to them, talks with them, they invite him to dinner, and while he's at the dinner table, he uh, breaks the bread, blessing the bread and breaking it. Their eyes are open, they say, it's him, and he's gone. And they left that dinner table and ran back to Jerusalem saying, you know what? He's risen from the dead. But no one expected him to rise. Even when Jesus appeared, to the disciples after he had risen, they still found it hard to believe what they were seeing. It says in Matthew 28, 17, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. It's that old thing, you know, can, can, yeah. seeing is believing. They were seeing, but they were wondering if they could believe what they were actually seeing. Probably one of the reasons why Jesus stuck around for 40 days before he ascended into heaven was to bring a convincing to them that he really was alive. I like the way Andy Stanley put it. He said, nobody expected nobody. When Jesus died, their hopes died. But listen this morning, when he arose, their hopes rose and it became what the Bible calls a living hope. And again, 1 Peter 1 verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because Jesus rose from the dead, you and I live with hope. We have a living hope. We have a confident expectation of good from God because Jesus not only died, but he rose again on the third day. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. We need to remember and that in this communion service, that he not only died, but he rose again, and now our hope can live. Whatever it is that you're experiencing or going through today, whatever difficulty you're going through, I want to tell you there's hope. Now, the devil will try to convince you there's no hope, no hope for your life, no hope for your future, no hope for your family, no hope for your finances, but he is a liar and the father of it. If the gospel is about anything, it's about resurrection and hope. There's always hope in Jesus. This is one of the things I began to understand after I got saved. I uh, just this month on the 1st, February 1st, was my 45th spiritual birthday. It was 1975, 45 years ago on February 1st, that I cried out to God, and God heard that prayer. I had moved to Flagstaff to go to college, and I am moving there, got involved in classes, and I felt uh, uh, alone, I felt lost, and one night I went out walking in 
15 degree temperatures and the wind was blowing. It was probably a chill factor of about zero. But I'm walking in that cold air and I'm, uh, you know, what I remember most was not just the coldness, but how I felt in my heart. I felt so lost. I felt so alone. I felt so hopeless and it was acute. And I got back to the place where I was staying and I cried out to God that night and I said, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go, but I need you to send somebody to tell me what to do. And God heard that prayer. And two days later, a pastor by the name of Ron Jones came walking up to me and began to share Jesus with me. And that night I got saved. I didn't get involved in religion or just religious practice or ritual. I'm telling you, I got saved. And from that moment, hope began to live in me. Several nights later, it was a Saturday night I got saved. Uh, on a Tuesday night, I went to a Bible study that Ron Simpkins taught, and a lot of you know him. He's preached here a number of times over the years. Uh, great friend, but that night, I'd gone to his Bible study and fellowshiped afterwards with chips and dip and stuff like that. We had a good time, and I went back to the little uh, trailer that I was renting. It was a, a travel trailer that was a dump. It was $95 a month, including utilities. Stuck on a little lot, and it really was just a, a, a dumpy little place. But that night as I slid into bed, I'm telling you, I felt rich. And I lay in bed thinking about what had happened in my life over just several days. And as I'm lying and, and looking up at the, the ceiling, tears began to stream down my face. And I began to thank God. I began to thank Jesus. Now I was just saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And, and as I was thanking him, I, I was just filled with his hope. And I began to laugh and cry and cry and laugh all at the same. I really did just kind of lose it. And I'm, I'm laying, and this was uh, totally uncharacteristic for me at that time. I, the only time I uh, acted kind of out there was if I was under the influence of something. And this time I was under the influence of something, but it wasn't what I used to be. It was new and fresh and alive and hope. And I, I'm laughing, I'm crying, I'm feeling so excited and hopeful about the future. And I began to feel from the inside like I was being filled up more and more. And, and it, it was like God was filling me like a helium balloon and Finally, I just had to cry out. I said, God, if you don't stop this, I'm going to explode all over this dump. But see, what that was, was relief. It was happiness. It was hope. It was life. I, I got a life 
full of hope. You know, I had, I had practically lost the will to live at that time. I was desperate. But when I got saved, I got hope. And so this morning, that's what I pray we'll remember as we're remembering what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. I hope today we can remember that our life is not just about what's going on, but that we have a hope and that hope is in him. It's a living hope. There's always hope in Jesus. There's hope because when Jesus rose from the dead, hope rose with him. In Psalm 107, verse eight and nine, it says, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. That verse describes what happened to me after I got saved. Before giving my life to Christ, uh, I had that longing soul. I had that hungry soul. I didn't, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand why I felt the way I did, but I was missing the very key to life, and that was Jesus. And after I got saved, can I tell you what happened? He filled this longing soul. He satisfied that hungry soul with goodness. And today, for everyone that is here, if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never asked Christ into your heart, I know this about you. I know this about everyone that doesn't know Christ, and that is they have longing souls. They have a hungry soul. There is something innate put within us by God that yearns for him, that longs for him, that is only satisfied through him. And today we're gonna to give you the opportunity to receive him. We're gonna receive communion in a moment. And the only requirement for receiving communion here at New Life Church is that you have asked Jesus Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior. If you've never done that or if you've been away from him for a time, we're gonna give you the opportunity to do that in just a moment. There are believers here, Christians here, that maybe you feel in your heart like uh, that longing. Maybe your soul is hungry and maybe it's simply that you just haven't connected with God for a while. And that's what communion really is all about. It's about us connecting again with him and remembering what he did for us that affects our life today. And that's my prayer is that as we receive communion together, it'll be a connection, a reconnection of our lives in remembrance that what he did then has changed our lives now. There's always hope. In him. Can you say amen? amen? Let's bow our head and close our eyes just for a moment. The ushers are getting ready to pass out the trays, and you guys that are ushering can go ahead and come forward with those trays and just hold them up here at the front while we pray. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ, or maybe you've been away from him for a time, and today, before the, the cup is passed out, we're going to give you opportunity to pray and ask Christ to forgive you, come into your heart. Any across this building, no one looking around for just a moment, 
you'd slip your hand up in response to him and say, would you remember me in prayer for forgiveness before the cups are passed? Would you remember me in prayer? I need his forgiveness. Just slip it up where I could see it in order to include you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. I see your hands. Honest hearts. God love you. God bless you. Praise God. We're going to pray together, and I'd like for us all to just repeat this prayer as I lead you. If you would just repeat it out loud. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I'm sorry for the sin in my life, but I thank you that you died for me. Today I receive your forgiveness and I thank you for coming into my heart, into my life, and giving me hope. I receive your life and a living hope in your name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you give the Lord a clap and just thank him right now? Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Our ushers are going to be passing out the cups. If you would just, as you take the cup, be careful. There's two, a cup in a cup, and just the, the bread is in the second cup. The juice is in the top. As they're passing those out, and just hold them, we're going to receive communion together. What we are doing in remembrance is we're remembering to show and to express to Jesus our love for Him. This time, and it is significant for me because I'm remembering 45 years ago what happened to me when Jesus came into my life. And it is kind of an emotional time for me. I. I remember what it felt to feel so lost and hopeless. But, you know, it's a wonderful thing to know Jesus and to know his hope. And so today, as, as we are, are in remembrance, we're remembering to express our love to him. And some of us may get emotional. There may be some tears shed. Others, uh, it, it, whether, whether it's uh, an outward emotional expression or not, all of us this time, it should be meaningful to us because he did so much for us, didn't he? We were forgiven a lot, weren't we? There's a woman that is written about in Luke chapter 7, and she comes to Jesus. She had had a really bad reputation. Uh, everybody knew of her. And so she comes into a house where Jesus was. And she has re obviously received forgiveness from him. And she comes just in gratitude for who he is and what he's done for her. And she begins to cry. And as she cries, she's kneeling down before him and her tears begin to splash on his feet. And she takes the hair of her head and begins to wipe his feet with her hair and then takes a fragrant oil and rubs them on his feet. And there are those that were looking at that and they thought, man, that's just completely shameful. How can he allow that? And Jesus spoke and he said, oh, you don't understand. This woman has been forgiven much 
And because she's forgiven much, she loves much. Now we don't have the same opportunity that she did as far as with physical Jesus here. And you know, I would have a real difficult time wiping his, but, but every one of us in this time should in our own way, let him know how much he means to us and how much we love him. God's Word says we're to love Him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, all of our might. And today, I want to encourage you in your remembrance as we're receiving communion to remember all He's done for you personally. He's forgiven us a lot, hasn't He? As you hold that piece of bread, that bread signifies His body that was broken. And the Bible tells us his body was broken. Stripes were placed on him for a specific reason. Isaiah 53 says that by his stripes we were healed. And so this morning as we take this piece of bread, it is symbolic of his body that was broken for us. And anyone that's here, that you're in need of a touch of God in your body, uh, maybe you need emotional healing, physical healing or something in your life, you're troubled today as we receive the bread. I want to encourage you to receive it in faith, believing that healing is going to flow. Can you say amen? We're going to pray together and then receive the bread together. If you just hold it while we pray, Lord, we thank you that you gave your body and that those stripes were placed upon your body so that we could be healed. And today, we believe for healing to flow in this building. We speak relief and healing from headaches, from all kinds of pain, back pain. Lord, we speak healing from diabetes, from all infirmity, from any growth that's there for those growths to be dissolved and safely by the name and through the stripes of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray and speak emotional healing to lives in this place, those that are brokenhearted, Lord, that you would bring healing to those broken hearts. We thank you for your body broken for our healing and we receive in faith believing healing virtue to flow in Jesus name Jesus took the body or the bread and broke it and said this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me let's receive together Jesus held the cup And he said, this is my blood of the new covenant. This was for the forgiveness of all of our sins. And this morning, as you hold that cup, you need to remember, we need to remember that what he did in shedding all of his blood was for our sins to be forgiven. And you know, there are those of us that there there are things from our past that we would never want anyone else to know. Things that we are ashamed of, that have brought real shame on our lives. And some of that, we may still feel the the impact of that shame in our lives. And I wanna encourage us this morning 
that the blood of Jesus that was shed for us uh, was shed to cleanse all sin. And that whatever shameful thing, and, and it's not for other people to know, but in your own heart, those things that you remember and that are so shameful now, as we receive this cup, I want to encourage you to receive a release from that sense of shame. The Bible promises us that whoever believes in Him and Jesus shall never be ashamed. That we need never sense or feel that sense of shame. We may remember it, but we can remember it without that horrible, crippling sense of shame. You know why? Because the blood of Jesus forgave us. It cleansed us. It washed us. And we are clean and whole because of His blood. Can you say thank you, Jesus? We're going to pray over the cup now. And as we pray, I want you to just remember what He did for you. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank You for the shedding of Your blood. Thank You for giving Yourself and doing what we could never do for ourselves. Lord, we thank You that it was not up to us to bring us to you, but that you, by your loving kindness, have drawn us to you. And because of that loving kindness, uh, your blood was shed uh, for all of our sin. And today, we receive uh, in our lives uh, uh, the confirmation of that cleansing. Lord, thank you for cleansing each and every one of us from that sense of shame. We do believe in you, and because we believe in you, we shall never be ashamed. We receive the cup in faith, thanking you for what you've done for us. Jesus said, this cup is my blood of the new covenant. Now I'm going to ask you if you'd stand to your feet, just put the cups down beside you. And I want us to express some thanksgiving to them. Now you lift your hands, clap your hands, make some noise, or just whisper however you want, but tell Him what He means to you. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for what you've done. Thank you, Lord for your healing. Thank you, Lord, for the cleansing of our lives. Thank you for releasing us from shame. We praise you. We love you in your wonderful name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.